back to another episode of The Brocast. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Glad to see you all here. We've got an awesome guest today. Be sure you click that subscribe button. A uh, little housekeeping. We've got a bunch of awesome episodes coming up this summer with my boy Ebbs and Daniel Wilson, guys you all have seen before. Um, friends of the shows, bros of the show, they are going to have a lot to do with what we're doing this summer. Uh, today, though, I have got a guy I have wanted to speak to about this for a long time. He's a friend. He's a coach. He is the dream weaver of workouts. This is my personal nutrition and fitness coach also, Rob Xline, who also happens to be the proud owner of the hottest box in Houston. And uh, we're going to talk all kinds of things about fitness, nutrition. We might even get a little into Rage Against the Machine and Metallica and things like that. Don't be surprised if that happens. But, dude, before we get into everything, I, I know we could talk forever about all kinds of things, but tell everybody your story, what's going on, what you're all involved with now, with everything you're doing with nutrition and fitness and the CrossFit gym and everything. Tell us tell us what's up. Sure. Uh, so, I own... Currently, I own CrossFit West Houston, have for the last 13 years. I've been in fitness for 20-some years. I got out of uh, my undergraduate uh, in something very unrelated to fitness and got into the corporate world, found out that I really hated the corporate world uh, after about four or five years into that and uh, decided in a, in a way uh, to get myself healthy. Uh, and then just kind of started answering a bunch of people's questions that they would have. And, and then I uh, decided to switch careers and went into personal training. So I started out as a personal trainer way back in the day. It's also uh, seedily how I met my wife. She was a client. Um, that is such a uh, stereotypical <laughs> thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but I met her, uh, fired her as a client because I didn't put people on scholarship. Uh, we got married, moved to Houston. Uh, as I got into Houston, I was getting into CrossFit at the time. Uh, I found that because I, I used to work for Guy Mesger, who is an ex-UFC fighter. Um, and just kind of going through his program, I uh, would manage his gym. Uh, taught, taught some boxing, taught uh, some Muay Thai, kickboxing. And uh, he wanted everybody to be at least a brown belt under his system. And so I was kind of getting my ass handed to me by people younger than me. And I decided that how I was training wasn't the best way. Uh, and so I found CrossFit and, and kettlebells and certain things like that and started doing it. <clears throat> I knew that when we moved here, that was going to probably be my next thing in fitness. And it, and it did become that. Uh, so I opened up CrossFit West Houston back in 2009. Uh, so we've been over on Long Point ever since. Um, We've had a CrossFit Games athlete there, Asia Barto, uh, and now for the most part, it's kind of general pop. Uh, I also do nutrition coaching uh, through the gym and also through Power Athlete. Uh, I became, so Power Athlete grew out of CrossFit West Houston, or I'm sorry, CrossFit, CrossFit football uh, back in the days of uh, CrossFit really growing. Uh, they had a, a bunch of secondary types of uh certifications you could get seminars you could go to just to kind of expand your your knowledge of things and uh really crossfit football and crossfit was houston kind of had a, a similar tract uh they started in 2009 uh i started in 2009 i always like to follow them um 
just because I liked uh, I liked Wellborn, and then really got into uh, the podcast because they have a uh, John John Wellborn played mm-hmm. in the NFL for ten years, uh, so he has a unbelievable Rolodex of people that he has uh, that on on their podcast all the time. So I, I really enjoyed the podcast. And they made kind of a leap. They they separated from CrossFit, and they were kind of going in that direction to be kind of a an online education company. Yep. Uh, and so I never went to the CrossFit football seminar, but what they did was uh, they have what's called a Block One Coach uh, program, and it's an online learning. And then you would go to John's ranch. He lives in Austin now, and, and you go there and you kind of test. And you become part of it, and then you have access to that Rolodex. Um, and so they have that kind of education out there, and then they also do programs for people. Uh, and, and they have thousands of people on their programs. And so they also do nutrition coaching, and I was fortunate enough to be asked to, to, to do that because um, there's an opening. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that since about January or so. Uh, so I get to work with people that are on the Power Athlete programs and, and work with nutrition, um, work them through nutrition, mostly macro-based for sure, but lots of habit stuff because uh, that's really where a lot of the things are, are helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I am, along with that, I am also... Uh, at 53 years old, going back to school to get a master's in nutrition from Sweet. Lamar University. So it's an all online program. Mm-hmm. I'm about a year away from finishing that. So that's been kind of fun to um, you know, deepen my knowledge of evidence-based nutrition. Uh, I had had other nutrition education. So I just kind of wanted to get a little more into the science of it. And uh, just because I thought it would make me a better coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just a lifelong learner, so yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of my story. Yeah. Well, the idea of you becoming even more scientific is a little scary to me, uh, just because I consider you like the Yoda of nutrition and fitness and all of the methodology that goes along with it, and just the que- I mean, the the questions that you can pose to one to somebody else when they ask you one teaches them sometimes more than actually giving them an answer. Um, that that's why I've always found you to be very knowledgeable on all that stuff. And, uh, you know, again, as I said, you know, I, when I would be at the, at CrossFit with the, him doing a, a, a class and I didn't understand a movement, you know, Rob would sit there and explain to me the, why a movement is so important, but how it affects everything else part about your body and how you should be the timing of eating, which I want to ask you about a little later is like, that's something new to me. And so you know, you've been in this for a long time, but you've also crossed it over into your own personal life because I know that just in the past couple of years, you have picked up your physical activity and your health big time to where, you know, I, I want to say, you know, anybody watching this, if you're interested in being fit after 30, after 40, how about after 50, this is the man, uh, wealth of knowledge. And um, that's why I was asking you before we got on air about, you know, just kind of what all goes into when you look at somebody and they come to you and they say, Rob, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, if it's somebody that either has never done any kind of nutritional program or has never had a personal trainer, or maybe it's somebody that 
has done it through other places and people, what's the first thing that you really need to do? Because the reason I'm asking is because I've had a lot of my friends ask me, you know, well, what have you been doing? Or, or, or they say, we just get into conversations. They're like, I don't want to do all that. It's too much work. Or I, I don't, I don't, whatever. I don't want to push weight because I want to lose weight. And that's something I'll ask about. How do you kind of approach how you evaluate a client and then put them on the path to success? Well, it comes with a lot of questions. Uh, so, uh, you know, if someone, as you know, because you just went through it, uh, mm-hmm. so I put people through a, an intake uh, questionnaire, and from that I can get, and get a good idea, and then I have a conversation with them. Um, you know, doing things uh, more custom versus the gym or a little bit different right yeah. at the gym um, we do have the ability to customize a little bit because we do what's called a level level method so someone coming in they're gonna they're gonna start a little um, further back than someone that's been coming around for a while yep. uh, because they're just different skills and it's progressive um, you know as far as someone that's brand new and is going to do some sort of nutrition coaching or private programming like I do um, I like to get to know them a little bit of what they like, uh, you know, with the gym, it's more, well, this is what, what we're doing for the general population. Mm-hmm. But for someone that's, uh, that I'm doing more private and custom, I can get into more of what they like. Now I do have some templating. I'm a, I'm a big firm believer in progressive, uh, weight training is a, is a huge thing for people. Um, even for the ladies, uh, <clears throat> muscle, just gives you options, right? Especially from a body type situation. Um, as uh, a guy, I like to follow way back in the day, Mark Ripitel, he used to have a saying that said, strong people are harder to kill and more useful in general. <laughs> I have found that to be very true. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, as we age, as you, you mentioned, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, I'm, I'm in my 50s. Uh, I don't... Uh, I don't look like a lot of the peers uh, that I have. Uh, you know, I'm probably an outlier in a way uh, because I've I've done this for you know going on 25, 30 years now, mm-hmm. and so I've I became a different person right a long time ago, and that's really what people have to do in a way. You have to become a different person. You have to become that that person that's the fitness person, that mm-hmm. person that does. Um, you know, really look at what they eat and, and it's a, you know, that's a tough conversation for people and, it, and it's full of trial and error. And, um, it is also comes through building a solid base of habits. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you look at the last year that we've gone through the pandemic, um, it didn't change a thing for me. Right. Um, you know, I've heard stories from our members, from other people who've seen it. Uh, once the gyms closed, that was it for a lot of people. It's like an excuse, like, whatever, I don't have to do anything. Yeah, I, I can't work out on my own. I can't do this. I can't do that. Might as well eat like shit while right, I'm at it. Right, <laughs> while I'm at it, I'm home. Uh, you know, yeah. I've got the pantry close to me. Uh, it's within arm's reach. I can do it. So, you know, for me, it didn't change a thing, right? I mean, I, I always worked out at home, always kind of worked out by myself. It just, it just became the thing. I, it's the thing I do. You know, it's just part of my daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't really too many days that I don't do something. Uh, it looks different. And, I, and you know, at the end of the day, it's hard to plug yourself into where I am today. 
uh, you kind of have to plug yourself into where I was. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how a lot of people need to approach it. Right. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I need to plug into where somebody was 10 years ago. I can't plug into like for, you know, to use CrossFit terms, even myself, I can't plug into what Rich Froning Jr. does or what Matt Frazier did. <laughs> Matt Frazier is not a human. He's not a human for he sure. He was built in a lab and you yeah. know I, Yeah, I think there was probably some Bill Gates kind of technology or Elon Must Musk. Tech. Dude was yeah. built for sure. For sure. Um, so we're different people. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't do his uh, volume and mm-hmm. most people can't. Right. So, and we shouldn't even try. Right. Right. I mean, we should try from where we are. And, and that's mostly what I try to do is meet people where they are, mm-hmm. um, with some principle based, uh, especially for the custom stuff. I really like principle based programming where yep. we're looking at some of these tried and true principles like progressive, progressive overload. Um, mm-hmm. we will, you will get stronger with that. You will build a muscle base. Well, you just get better at the movements, right? The more, the better yeah, yeah. we are at moving, the more options that we create for ourselves. Yep. And so that is, uh, really what I kind of see as guiding principles for me is yeah. just be better versions of ourselves, give ourselves more options. Um, as a 53 year old, you know, I want to be able to still do this when I'm 80. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to look different. Right, and it looks, looks different, different than when I was thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks different than when I was twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, but the basics will be the same. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep banging weights for as long as I can, because uh, muscle to me is an important aspect of keeping me healthy, capable, uh, and independent. Right. So, you know, those are things that are important for me for longevity. Yeah. Um, and I like it to be that for people that I come in contact with. Yeah. You know, you, when you were talking about how you kind of have to plug into the person and where they are or where they were, you know, that's the other thing. Like, you know, even though you and I mean, I've known you for what, maybe four or five years, but I didn't really, that's about when my journey really kind of began, uh, as far as caring about nutrition. I mean, I always kind of sort of cared, but I, and I kind of thought, oh, you're in shape or I, you work out enough. No, I never did. I thought I did. But after high school, it's like, eh, a lot of dudes and people are like, or even athletes, just women and men, doesn't matter. You know, after high school, everyone goes through that college phase and you can eat and drink and do what you want. And then all of a sudden you're 26 and you're like, oh shit, I don't look the way I used to, or I don't feel like the way I used to, or I can't do what I used to, so I'm going to start getting in shape. Well, okay, I'll just start running two miles a day. That's pretty much the worst thing you can do. Uh, not the it's worst. Not, but it's not, right. But you're like, well, if I run two miles a day, you know, I'm going to start looking like Chris Hemsworth, and that's just not going to happen. Yeah, um, but one of the things that I've learned in my journey has been, you know, the more I go through it, the more I realize how much I don't know. And I also realized, you know, you, you always want, like when you start with a coach, like with you, like you and I, we talked about what are my goals? What do I want to do? Mine are pretty standard. Like they're not unusual. Um, you probably hear what my goals are from a lot of people, but I also, you know, people say, well, when are you going to stop or what, what's your end goal? And I finally realized I don't have an end goal. The end goal is when I'm dead. Essentially, yeah, it's it's a, it's a you never stop. You 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 might fuck up a few times and fall, and then you, it might be a week, a day, a month, a year, but 
you still get back up and you keep going. At least if you, I think if people can at least look at it that way, then it takes the pressure off, you know, oh my God, I got to get in shape for this wedding or, oh, you know, see if summer's coming or whatever. And I am, you know, I have that mental sort of training I need to work on too, where, you know, you have to run your own race. Nobody, you know, nobody cares as much about it as you do, even though you might think they do. And so with my friends, like everybody, I just want everyone to be happy and healthy. But I also realized, and you've told me this a lot, you have to look at the person for who they are, what they can do, not what they can't do. And then also you have to look at what did God give you genetically? Like, I can't sit here and tell you, hey man, I need you to make me look like Chris Hemsworth or whomever in six months. Mm -hmm. You can sell it and say, yeah, all right, man, no problem. We'll get you shredded. It's not necessarily true. It may not take you six months. It might take you 12 months, might take you three months. But the other thing I learned that you have told me a lot is that, you know, it also depends on how your body works and how disciplined are you gonna be? And I guess the biggest challenge I know a lot of people have, and you guys have talked about it on The Power Athlete a lot, is when you have your, I'm, I ate like an asshole episode, and you fall off the wagon, and you, you just went to town and just went fat kid like through Twix for like two days, because it's a weekend, or no, nah, I drank, whatever. It's like this mentality of, oh my God, I just, ruined everything I did for the last five days, you know, I'm bad. And then you start to feel bad about yourself. Then you get stressed and then you might start to stress eat. And then, I mean, I know a lot of people that have these issues. And my point in all that is to just say that man, woman, 30, 40, 50, I think it's all up here. If you can't do it right up here, you can't do it right everywhere else. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think, uh, your comment of run your own race is like absolutely on point. Right? I mean, people have to run their own race. It's, uh, you know, as they say, comparisons to thief of joy, right? So if someone is comparing themselves to the person next to them or someone else or, or even worse, something in a magazine or on TV or whatever, that's I mean, like Michael B. Jordan and Creed. Yeah. Make me look like him in yeah. a, a yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's going to take some effort, right? Maybe some Mexican pharmaceutical effort. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I think he's probably pretty genetically gifted. But, but, I mean, there's, you know, those things can happen. It just depends on how dedicated you can and want to be. Sure. Um, But I think that, you know, what happens to a lot of people is we we get in our own way. Um, and we're going to be, like you said, uh, okay, I, so I, I go on this binge and I, I was good for five days and now the Friday comes and I feel like I owe it to myself to you know, tie it on. You go out for margaritas and, and tacos and whatever and, you know, next thing you know, you wake up, and you, like you know, we were talking about before we started recording, the, the food hangover. Yep. Um, maybe even worse than the alcohol hangover. Mm-hmm. And then those things are true. And it's like, well, okay, that happened. Um, you know, you're still a good person. It just <laughs> happens. It happens to all of us. Yeah. You know, you just, you just, you know, go, okay, that happened. How do I, how do I avoid that in the future? What kinds of things can I do? Um, that's not that those things are necessarily bad. Repetitive efforts of it is bad or not the greatest, right? It's like, at some point, you've got to have 
um, you've got to kind of stop that madness and realize I can't keep doing this good for five days, terrible for two. Yep. Good for five days, terrible for two, right? You're going to stay the same. Yep. You know, if you really want to make real progress, then you got to break through that mm-hmm. somewhat. Um, and, you know, what people want is the Chris Hemsworth, the uh, Michael G. Michael B. Jordan, uh, J. Lo, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, okay. I mean, you can. You also have to understand what that effort is, and and where do you find a, a bit more of a happy medium? I mean, we still want to live. Yeah. Right. Um, we want to live and have fun. It can't be no fun all the time. You know, getting to a, a a shredded Michael B. Jordan in Creed is. Uh, you know, probably not going out in social situations. Mm-hmm. Always uh, being really dialed in to your food. Hungry a lot. Hungry a lot. <laughs> Hungry a lot. Um, and you know, but, you know, there's a misnomer about how healthy that is. Yeah. Um, Ooh, talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, that comes with some other things, right? Uh, you know, we have body fat, men or women, um, and it it actually regulates our hormones, right? Mm-hmm. So, someone that's that shredded as a guy, you know, hungry probably a really low sex drive mm-hmm. um you know potentially not being able to have certain things happen when you want it to happen right <laughs> like right at the same time right um and so you know and women the same yeah right? um, when women get really really lean uh they will stop having periods so low body fat affects sexual libido yeah oh yeah because it's all uh, hormonally connected well, horm- yeah i mean so your hormones are regulated by fat. Uh, so, hmm. um, you know, an underweight female will struggle with fertility. Um, overweight female will struggle with fertility. Right, right. That makes sense. Um, men same. You know, anytime you have aryl in something like cholesterol, sterile, whatever, that's usually some sort of fat and mm-hmm. kind of tied to like hormones and things like that. Right? Mm-hmm. So those things are, they're regulate stuff mm-hmm. um you know we all want that that lean six-pack and there are some people that are genetically gifted and it can be that way um you know we were talking about that ufc fight tonight yeah you know you got nate diaz and leon what's his last name Edwards. yeah so two different people two different genetics uh one looks shredded one doesn't they're yeah. same weight yeah. right um potentially have some of the similar uh, body mass. I think they're about the same height too, almost. Just yeah. about. Yeah, so it's just, you know, some genetics. Some people can be genetically 4 or 5% all the time, right? <laughs> um, it's disheartening when you're not, right? But the reality is, is you're not. You're not that. Right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're dealt your genetic card. Um, you know, it's like cards, right? You're dealt a certain hand. You've got to play the hand you're dealt. And uh, you you just try to play it to the best of your uh, best of your ability. Yeah, and that's just how that's how it goes. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult when we look at things like that and we see things. We have to realize that, like on screen, you know, when we see stuff like that, they plan for that. That's a sh- that's one day of shooting. And they're also getting paid millions of dollars to go through agony. Of whatever the hell, I don't care, man. If that's your job and you are getting paid that kind of money, 
I don't give a shit how hungry I am or what I have to do or if I have to eat six times a day or wake up at three. Like, what's the dude's name? I always forget. The dude that played um, Jacob in Twilight. Uh, um, oh, um, Taylor Lachlan. Is that right? Taylor. Anyway, that guy, you know, he was telling a story. He was like young and he was obviously jacked and shredded in that movie. And he was talking about, oh, it was so terrible how I had to wake up at three in the morning to eat a peanut butter sandwich to keep my bulk up. Yeah, I'm like, that sounds terrible. Sounds terrible, bro. Well, I mean, waking so, up at three. But that sucks. Yeah. But to, to eat a PBJ is not the worst thing in the world to do at three. But my point is, is like, if that's your job, you have, you have a rob following you everywhere all the time. Then you have a rob that cooks for you. Then you have a rob that almost lifts weights pretty much with you. And then you got you never have to meal prep. They do it all for you. You literally just do as you are told from noon to not to midnight. And that you should look like that. You know, like that. If you don't look like that, then what do you you know? Right. So it makes it a lot easier to stay motivated, I think. Like these UFC guys, when they're killing themselves to cut weight, they're doing it because they're being paid to some degree, some people might argue. Not enough, but yeah. to, to do I would it. make that argument. Yeah, like they're not getting paid like boxers, and, and I think they should. Um, but YouTube boxers. Oh God, I'm 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 fixing to get into that with you because I know you love boxing and UFC as well. But but you know, it's I think I guess my point is is like yes, you talked about how everyone's dealt their genetic cards, but I feel like you have a choice, and I guess I want to know what you think. Like you can either play what you're dealt to just kind of stay in the game or you can play what you're dealt to win the game. You don't have to settle. And that's sort of like, I go back and forth. I'm like, well, you know, why I, my motivation for wanting to be in the best shape I can be at all times. And it goes up and down just like everybody else. To be honest is I want to be as healthy and as vibrant and as mobile and as young as I can be for as long as I can be. Like you and I were discussing before we started recording, like, for my kids and for my health and you know I even spoke to my doctor the other day about this because you know now that me and most of all my friends are right at the beginning of our 40s mm -hmm. or over 40 you know a lot of my friends have actually started saying hey man you know I need to watch my cholesterol I need to maybe do this or do that you don't have to be insane and go nuts and uh, I, I, I think John spoke about it on the podcast a lot one episode I can't remember the name of it and you were on there too, and y'all were talking about how you don't have to empty the tank every single workout. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you learn, just you become wise, and you realize, I don't have to PR every single uh, workout. And when I started CrossFit, I was very humbled because I'm not good at Olympic movements. As you know, I <laughs> struggled with pull-ups. Um, there's things I wasn't able to do, and I'm like, I see people that i mean women who are in their 50s that are killing it and i'm like why can't i do that nothing against women who are 50 but i'm just saying it's because they put in the work but i guess working smarter not harder is i think mostly what i'm trying to learn because i think mentally if i don't feel like i put in enough work physically then i know i can't relax like at night you know like um like just for instance, you know, if you 
if you just put that mental sort of block in place every day, I think it helps. Um, I just think everybody sort of, I guess, needs to go at their own pace. Because I think they look at like, oh, a nutrition coach, a, a, a fitness coach, you know, oh, that sounds like a lot. It's, it's basically like having a, um, it's like having an, a, a built-in conscious speaking to you all the time. That's kind of how I've found it in the last four or five years is, and, and I will say, there are good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. It's different for everybody, but it's like, okay, well, what are my goals? How much am I putting in my body? How much am I expending? And go from there. Because if you don't know all of that, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And then, because a lot of people say, well, I just want to look, you know, I've heard people say, well, I just want to lose like 10 pounds. I always asked before, like, I'd be like, oh, cool. Okay. But then now I ask, why? Yeah. Why? Well, I've got a wedding coming. Or, and this is mostly women, but, you know. Or dudes might have, some of them might be like, hey man, summer's coming, I gotta, you know, tighten up a little. So they start to run. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the body, the body composition thing, and that's what I'm now learning. Like, I always thought, well, if I'm pushing, if I'm doing deadlifts, or if I'm doing squats, or if I'm doing bench, and I'm all the, the big power movements, I'm gonna appear to be bigger. But the truth is, from now what I've learned from you is, that's not true. It's lean muscle that you build and retain, but the fat is burning and you're, it's almost like you're stoking the fire of fat burning, right? You're not getting bigger, you're just getting leaner? Is that right? More compact, right? More yeah. compact, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you touched on a lot of things in there that, that I kind of want to uh, reiterate. Uh, you know, one of the things you talked about was um, you know, people's own journey right and it is it's a it's a lonely journey in a way right it is our journey it is your journey it is uh your own journey and you can't be on somebody else's journey um but what you what you really got into and you started talking about when you when people say i need to lose 10 pounds or whatever and, and it's the why right i think that um most people look at things from an extrinsic way right i want to see that outward appearance and it really comes down to inwardly, right? What is the, what is that intrinsic motivation? Um, for myself, just as an example, um, my, so as we've talked about genetics, right? My genetics is my parents, right? And their parents and their parents and their parents. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what, I, what I've seen in my family history is cancer on my dad's side. Uh, my my dad's mom passed away when he was 20. She was in her 50s from breast cancer uh, in the late 50s. You know, we've come a long way since then. Sure. Um, his brother passed away uh, from cancer at some point. Um, my dad passed away from cancer. My grandfather, of the men on, my, on that side of the family, he kind of had it maybe the best in a way. Had a stroke at 83 years old, right? Just... Bam, bam, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, no long-term sickness, whatever. Mm-hmm. On my mom's side, uh, you know, high cl- all of it, right? High blood pressure, high cholesterol, adult-onset diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease. Um, and, you know, I've told this story to you before, uh, but, like, when my mom would come to visit and she would have two 
gallon Ziploc bags of medicine too. Right. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to go on that path. And so, which is really what's fueled me. It fuels me every day. It's like I talked about when the pandemic happens, why I I didn't deviate from anything. Right. It was just what it is, Mm -hmm. who I am, it's where I, where I've, where I've come. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say, and I probably didn't really realize this probably back when I started it because I was like anybody. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to look better, right? Um, but I found that that kept me motivated. That's what kept this long, long haul mm-hmm. going, this long game, right? Is that's what fuels it. Because you have a very worthwhile why. Strong why. Yeah, absolutely, right? So, you know, anytime you kind of, and I, and I do this with a lot of, um, a lot of clients and, some of it is based off the the conversation I have, especially if I pick up that that maybe they struggle with motivation. And that's the thing is that uh, you know I will send them. It's a five why document, right? Um, and it's you ask yourself why, right? So I have this goal. Why is that important, right? And then you'll come up with an answer for that. And you basically kind of drill it down, drill it down, and you'll find really find what your why. And you'll find what really mo- what what really will motivate you, what will get you up in the morning and, and do this daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that five why. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about that. You know, in, intrinsic is super important. Uh, and then you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, muscle mass uh you know that is uh, as i've kind of gone through all this i mean i've done it all Uh, triathlons i've done you know running i've done half marathons i've done martial arts i've done uh weight training resistance training i've done bodybuilding style stuff i've done crossfit Mm -hmm. um and you know it it does come down to resistance training a lot. I, and I think that's a, that's a very difficult thing for people to grasp. It's, it's, it's important uh, from a, a body composition uh, standpoint uh, because you can increase your metabolism that way. Uh, it is more expensive to run a muscular body than it is a uh, sedentary um, you know, higher body fat body because it, the body fat just lays there, right? It doesn't really do anything. It's stored energy. Right. Uh, it fuels your movement and things like that. Muscles move. They create heat. It thus it, it increases your metabolism. Um, and that's a tough one for people to think about. Um, you know, guys want to kind of be big. Whatever women usually will say, "Oh, I don't want to look like a man." Right. That's a, you know, one, you don't have the testosterone levels. Um, and two, you know, most guys have been trying to get big for their entire life and can't. Right. You know, can't really. And all of a sudden, uh, you're the genetic anomaly that looks like a man when you get bigger. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of that comes from bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And what they don't really probably realize about the sport of bodybuilding is there's a lot of uh, anabolic steroids that are being used in that, both men and women. Yeah. Right. So, of course. Yeah. Most of that is not natural, uh, so it is. It's it's expensive to maintain muscle, mm-hmm. uh, and but it's important to have muscle, right? right? Uh, because it does help with lots of stuff. 
Um, and you kind of talked about the basically kind of lighten your hair on fire on a regular basis. Um, and I think, you know, prior to CrossFit <clears throat> in the fitness industry, most people didn't apply really any intensity. The only intensity people had was weights, right? So adding weight adds intensity. So that is weight uh, resistance training, weight mm. training, adding weights is intensity. Um, but, you know, for the most part, people were kind of on auto drive, right? I get on, you know, I'm going to do my resistance training. Maybe they don't ever add weight to it or add reps to it, kind of keep the same routine over and over and over again. And then they get on a treadmill or a bike or an elliptical and they do their 30 minutes and they go home. Yeah. Right. So there's no intensity applied to it. Uh, CrossFit came along and gamified it. Right. So now all of a sudden people are lighting their hair on fire and it's fun and it's good and, and whatever. The reality is that that's competition on a, on a daily basis. Yep. While competition is good, uh, competition can also be not so good. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't burn up like that every day. We don't. We we don't really have that ability to recover that fast to do that. And if right. you if you look at the best CrossFitters in the world, the Matt Frazier's, the Rich Fronians, the Tia Clumies, mm -hmm. the their Tia Tumies, they're when they train on a daily basis, they don't train like that. They don't they don't light their hair on fire mm. every day. They, they have a reserve tank, right? right. Um, that's why when you see them, they don't look at all uh, stressed, right? That's true. It looks easy. Yeah. They make it look easy, <laughs> right? Because yeah. they have an overdrive mm -hmm. that most of us don't have because we don't really train in that range. Mm -hmm. um, what we train at, a lot of people train at, and something like that. And it, 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 I mean, it's good and it's bad, right? We need it. Um, we need the right stress uh to make the adaptations uh but a lot of times people just kind of bang their head against the wall on a daily basis and it's just not sustainable mm -hmm. um without coming with a cost right and that cost sometimes is becoming broken um in some ways metabolically broken too uh you'll see people with some like adrenal type of fatigue they just can't right. um you know, can't control their stress hormones. Um, and some of that's just kind of lighting their hair on fire mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And it's, 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 uh, it's not sustainable. Uh, and I've found as I've kind of gone through my, my CrossFit path is that, uh, you know, I probably have one or two of those a week. Um, the rest of the time I've, I've got to kind of keep it real. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not always the best to just, you know, pedal the metal hardcore you know like i was saying before you're gonna just go all out every day because yeah I, I think i think you guys also talked about something i also found very intriguing which is like you were just saying it pick your day that you are gonna maybe push and then the rest is keeping it real like you said um but i think you you spoke about how you know muscle mass is so important and it protects you it protects your all these things it keeps you healthy it that's why it's more expensive because it does more just like anything else the more you know you get what you pay for right uh but i i wanted to ask you know for anybody out there who might who's listening who might be like again i'm I am a 35 to 45 year old woman. Um, 
I really want to do what we were saying. I want to, I want to get tone. I want to get in shape. I want to, for whatever reason. Well, okay. Then you get this plan that says, okay, you're going to do deadlifts. You're going to do squats. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Oh no, I don't want to bulk up like that. I don't want to do that. Can you like one-on-one and it's for me too also to help me understand, okay, when I'm deadlifting 165, five times six in a row or something like that, or somebody's doing that, you're like, oh, dude, I'm going to look like a lineman because my ass is going to be this big and my legs are going to be like this. You're going to thunder thighs. When the truth is, you can't really get the muscle definition, even in your abs or anywhere else, if you don't do those kinds of movements. So can you kind of explain what ha what's happening in the body when you're doing that resistance and you're basically, like you were saying before, for us now, uh, this age or around this age, man or woman, basically you eat properly, you eat the rainbow and vegetables like you always tell me, you eat enough protein, get enough sleep and push heavy shit, then you're fine. Essentially, it's not simple, but that's about it, right? Mm -hmm. So what's happening in the body? Like I'm, even though I may not be working a certain part of your body, but when you're doing that resistance training, even if it's a deadlift or a squat or a bench, it affects the overall composition of your body. Your muscle is being worked, but the fat is being, can you kind of? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, so there's several things that, that go on. Um, let's talk about exercises and compound movements like uh, squats, deadlifts, you know, pressing, pulling, uh, those things uh, um, should almost always be kind of a foundation of a program. Um, and you know, a couple years ago, Jillian Michaels got uh, hammered because she said something about CrossFit. I mean, she's criticized CrossFit. Sometimes she's right, sometimes she's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in my personal opinion of Jillian Michaels, she is a actress playing a trainer on TV. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's my opinion. Um, she, what she said was, you know, CrossFit only has like 23 different movements. And I would actually say she uh, overestimated it. The reality is um, most movements, most exercises in CrossFit can be, uh, you know, we, and we pride ourselves on, on variation. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is you could really break it down to five or six different primal movements, right? There's squatting, there's deadlifting, hinging, there's pushing horizontally, there's pulling horizontally, there's uh, pulling vertically and there's pushing vertically. Mm -hmm. And then there's like things like rotation and, you know, some stuff like that. And other than that, every movement that you break down can break down to that. That's the ultimate general program. So we use those as bases. And when we do bigger movements like that, um, it's how our muscles will build. Um, and there's two different ways that muscles will build. There is uh, what's called myofibular, which is um, if you want to kind of examples from athletes uh, that are very myofibrally dense, uh, sprinters are that way, uh, wrestlers, um, let's see who else, a gymnast, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, like I remember my friend Guy who fought in the UFC. Uh, you know, they were kind of hugging guys, right? So you hug guy, he felt like he had a turtle shell for just, his back, just, right? Yeah. Because like constantly, constantly pulling people, mm -hmm. right? So his back muscles were just unbelievably big. And like I said, hard and dense. Mm -hmm. um, versus like a bodybuilder 
who's uh, actually soft, right? They're kind of soft. So they're, really? Yeah, they they call them hard bodies, but a lot of times they're they're soft. Hmm. Uh, and a long, long time ago in uh, in my fitness career, I I had a seminar. I lived in Dallas, but it was here in Houston. And um, uh, Tom Platts was the guy. I don't know if you remember Tom Platts. So, no, I only know like. Like the Ronnie Coleman's, the Schwarzenegger's, the you know the the Jay Glazers, those guys. Yeah. So Tom Platts, if you look him up, like he had ginormous thighs. Like mm-hmm. he was just known for his thighs, and he was probably about five seven, but like thighs, you know, this big. Fire hydrant. And a waist like this, mm-hmm. and he had blonde hair, and uh, he he uh, you know kind of talked a lot about that, and he was like, you know, Arnold, everybody looks at Arnold because he knew Arnold and uh, he was like you know he's just kind of soft actually <laughs> he's like you go up and press on his muscles are really soft uh-huh. and, uh, and and that's because of the different density of it mm-hmm. right so when you do bigger uh, movements like that um, you are getting into the fibers of the muscle mm-hmm. uh, when you do more bodybuilding style higher higher rep ranges you're going to put a lot of fluid in there. It's called sarcoplasmic. So you have uh, sarcomeres and uh, sarcoplasmic stuff. So, you, so you're getting a little bit more um, fluid into the muscles, which is why they're not as hard mm-hmm. as someone that's like super dense, like a wrestler or, or, a, or a sprinter. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things kind of happen, right? So, you know, you're not, while someone is... Uh, so like with that myofibular mm-hmm. style, you're creating damage, and then because uh, really weight training is it's destructive, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how it builds, right? So after you kind of destroy it, it builds back up, it becomes thicker, uh, more resilient, and so I mean, we want that, mm-hmm. and so that's partially also why um, you will then maybe burn more calories over a couple days because of that repair process. Ah, oh, burns calories. Yeah. So you're, you know, it's, it's called afterburn. Um, you know, we're like, it doesn't take that much to recover from an aerobic session, uh, hour, hour and a half. It kind of stops mm-hmm. the, that burn, that extra calorie burn, mm-hmm. uh, just because, uh, the weight training is so destructive and the repair process takes a while. It takes, 24 to 48 hours mm-hmm. um you know you're you're burning calories longer right eventually you're going to get into fat right um and we kind of talked about it one day i think when we talked about the the triathlete guy mm-hmm. uh, you know that um long term a long range uh, long distance type of stuff it's great you're going to burn calories of course while you're doing it there's no way around there's no there's no getting around that, um, but it's it's really most beneficial for cardiovascular health. Mm-hmm. Um, your your heart gets stronger, pumps more blood volume, which is all good. Which is why you get veins, right? And you get these big sure. veins. Why you you know you can see some people's mm-hmm. veins from space and some people's not because <laughs> um, you're pushing more blood volume through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you get some of that from weight training too. I mean, you're you know I I mean. You do a set of five to eight deadlifts, and your heart rate's you know jacked up, coming out, you know, coming out of your chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not that you're not sustaining it for twenty minutes or thirty minutes or right. an hour. Um, but so that's, I mean, in a nutshell, that's kind of what's happening. 
Um, but you, you become uh, denser in a way. Uh, so, you know, when, when you add that muscle, then you're going to just by nature of moving around, you're going to burn more calories. Right. You're going to have more of a, of that, uh, metabolic rate. Right. Mm-hmm. So even at rest, you know. uh, so kind of going along with this, uh, progressive overload. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different ways to progressive overload. You can, uh, progressive overload by weight, uh, by adding weight to a bar or adding, you know, going to a different size kettlebell or dumbbell or whatever. Uh, you can also do it by time. You could do it by reps. There's a lot of ways to progressively overload. You just, you think about the last time you did something, you want to just do it a little bit more, right? Um, you can't do that forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have to make some resets where you can step back in either load or time. Uh, but, but for the most part, you do that, right? Um, and kind of going back to like our in-gym experience, we do have this level method where people are in that, you know, kind of leveled out. It's like a, it's almost like a martial arts belt system. Yep. Uh, so there are progressions to that too. There's progressions to the exercises. There's progressions on how you move up mm-hmm. into each thing. And that's, you know, we want to, you don't want to always stay the same, right? You want to try to, to do things a little bit better because at the end of the day, what you're doing is, uh, it's kind of a little dose of poison in a way right uh so as you're giving yourself a little dose of poison you get a little bit stronger towards it a little bit stronger uh so you know exercise is a stress just like anything um just like chronic stress or any of those things it's a healthy stress it's a healthy stressor you you get a little stress you get better at it add a little more stress right yeah as we say in power athlete you stress to progress right stress to progress yeah yeah, and, and that's why when you were talking more about, you know, the muscle is more expensive to keep, you get what you pay for, that kind of thing. You know, I know we spoke about it a little bit before we started recording, but, you know, during the pandemic, you said you didn't change a thing. And I hope, here's my thing. I really think that, like, you had over a year of people telling you on TV who supposedly are health experts... Stay inside, cover your mouth, do this, do that. Nobody ever said, keep in, you know, get into shape, eat correctly, get enough sleep, hydrate, watch your nutrition, take your vitamins, D, C, zinc, whatever that might be, up for debate, whatever. Uh, there's never been like a wellness message, and I know a lot of famous people talk about this, but I really wish, you know, that would have been the perfect opportunity for people who are obese or people who have type two or whatever, man, just get in shape if you're not. And if you are good, great. But if you're not, that can save your life. I mean, depending on who you believe and what you read, a lot of people that died from it may not have had they been possibly in better shape, not obese, not had type two, not had so many comorbidities and whatnot. And so, you know, when we talk about, you know, people, my parents age or whatnot, you know, they are obviously going to be more at risk. But what about the next one that comes? This isn't the last, you know, hopefully it is for our all of our lifetimes. But what if it isn't? Um, But just an overall point, in fact, of saying the more you, uh, you know, muscle keeps you protected, but it also 
um, can save you in a lot of ways from things like you said earlier that are always out there to kill you in the outside world. Um, why do you think there wasn't more of a message from those on TV to promote wellness? Man, I know it's a loaded question. <laughs> it's but a very loaded question. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it depends on how how much you want me to put on my tinfoil hat. Um, I, you know, I think so. I think one of the things we saw in the pandemic was uh, that you know public health is there for a reason, and, and public health uh, message is always going to be air on the side of conservative, and and that's going to be the most important thing. And as we've seen over the last year, that there's also all kinds of other important things too. There's um, the economics of it all. There's uh, you know people's mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't really shut people down for a year and not have some mental health issues. Um, you can't shut people down for a year and not have some financial issues. And you can't shut people down for a year and not have other health issues, right? I mean, our immune system works um similarly to exercise right a little dose of poison meet the threat recognize the threat defeat the threat threat mm -hmm. and then i remember how to do it next time next right. time i face that threat threat i do it i do it again but i do it better right right um and that's i i like you wish that there was more talk about uh about being healthy and what could we have done. We also have the issue in this country of uh, things like fat shaming. Um, that's why we couldn't say things like, oh, you know, obese people had uh, worse outcomes. Right. Um, because then it's like, well, that's fat shaming. Yeah. Well, the reality is, is, is obesity is a health threat. Uh, it is a medical condition. It does. Uh, correlate very, uh, very directly to bad health outcomes down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, you have metabolic disorder, uh, which is high triglycerides, high cholesterol, uh, hypertension, um, central obesity, uh, and then there's always a couple other ones. Uh, there's one other one, but if you have like three out of the five, you have metabolic disorder. Right. And you are going to be at greater risk for cardiovascular disease and stroke. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've, we, we do see that as a problem, but it's hard to talk about it because it gets into that whole situation. And now you're, now you're shaming people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, that's one reason why we didn't talk about it. I think another reason is, I think, uh, you know, what you saw during the pandemic was the rise of technology and the rise of pharmacies pharmaceuticals right yeah. um you know I, I i'm not a huge fan of pharmaceutical companies um and i you know my wife is in advertising and and you know we've had this debate for 20 years now which is uh <laughs> i don't think it's right that they that uh pharmaceutical companies can advertise medicines on tv mm -hmm. uh, i think the united states and new zealand are the only countries in the world that allow that um, and I, and I, what, and she, her argument from a advertiser side is, well, some people don't know they have these things. And I'm like, well, all the symptoms are really general, right? But what I don't like about it is maybe people don't need that medicine. 
right? I, I'm kind of a minimum effective dose guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I would prefer not to be a medicine mm-hmm. if I didn't have to be. And if I have to be, maybe, you know, I mean, medicine's done a good thing sure. over time, but, you know, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that. I think that in many ways, some of the health problems that we face in this country uh, is very much directed in, you know, here's the conspiracy theory, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like the tobacco, right? Yeah. Um, you know, they, they know these things are bad long term, mm-hmm. uh, but they want to keep a customer for a lifetime sure I want, it's better to keep somebody alive and on my on my medicines mm-hmm. I mean I get driven crazy by that all the time I remember a couple of weeks ago I saw I saw this ad and it was uh, um, it was some sort of anxiety medicine and it was like it was a anxiety medicine to boost your anxiety medicine so like a an anxiety medicine for anxiety and medicine? Yeah, to help make the original anxiety medicine better. So how to keep your anxiety meds not getting anxious. Yeah, I'm like, this, this doesn't make any sense to me, right? Why Why do you need one to boost it? Yeah. Right? Why does it need a booster? Yeah. Um, but it's like, well, okay, now I've got, you know... It's money, dude. Yeah, it's money, right? And, and it's like that person is now... You know, now you've, you've 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 raised that average cost value of the of the customer, mm-hmm. right? Because now I'm now I'm taking two medicines, right? Yeah. And so I don't know. I think that's that's. I think there's not that much of an interest in having a healthy population because there's money in sickness. too much money to be made. Yeah, there's money in sickness. So that was another thing. You being in the fitness industry, but also being a business owner of a gym. Uh, I had to bring up the fact that, you know, I'm sure we could do a whole podcast on just what the, you know, challenges have been for people in that position and especially owning a gym. I mean, yeah, the CrossFit uh, environment's a bit more open maybe. So it was, but I had to say that, you know, it was great. You know, CrossFit West Houston, your gym was recognized by Houston Chronicle right at the beginning. Can you just tell us a little bit about like what, what you all were recognized for? And that was like, really early in the pandemic right right at kind of the beginning ish of it mm-hmm. T- tell us real quick just what yeah what... so um how that happened was uh somebody reached out to us about because uh, it was they were there the day of our opening opening back up opening back up yeah, I mean, how long were y'all shut down completely we were shut down for two months uh so, so you were doing the virtual though yeah we did the virtual so you know, being in business for 20 years, uh, you know, I, I, as a personal trainer, I had a couple of gyms uh, close on me uh, for various reasons. And uh, so, you know, having those experiences, I realized how uh, important it was for me as a business owner to keep people engaged. Um, and, and I wanted to anyways, because, I mean, people at our gym, are, they're like our family. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of saw it coming. Um, I actually closed the day before they announced it was that you had to kind of close. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, like I deliver your programming on train her, like I was doing that with people and, and, you know, we met with the coaches and said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to deliver at home programming, um, via train heroic. So we kind of scrambled to get people set up on that, right. show them how to get the subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then also um, let people borrow equipment 
so we put together some packages of, uh, you know, it was, we wanted to make it fair. We wanted as many people as possible to get equipment because we knew that was going to be a, a problem for people. Well, I don't have any equipment, so I'm not going to work out. Right. right. So, uh, so we, we rent, sort of like, we, we let people, uh, we lend, lended out rowers. We lended out some barbell packages. We lended out dumbbells, kettlebells. Um, and then we provided no equipment workouts. Yep. We provided kettlebell only workouts. We provided barbell only workouts. Uh, so people had options. Right. Uh, and then we offered a couple Zoom classes a day uh, just to kind of keep people engaged. Uh, we reached out and called every member. Um, we did some challenges throughout that, like uh, a lifestyle challenge. You know, I was a I'm a big longevity guy and mm-hmm. do healthy things. We like we just talked yeah, about. Yeah. We talked uh, so part of that challenge was um, getting outside. Vitamin D is important, um, and you hear that a lot on uh, the news. Like you know, people with vitamin D deficiencies were struggling, and so they provided you know a, a lot of the treatment is giving vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, so our thing, because it was the spring, was like get outside, you know, get outside, get get some sunlight, um, you know. It so the fairer the skin somebody is, uh, the less time they really need to be in in the sun. Uh, but like 10, 15 minutes for like a pale white boy like me, <laughs> uh, 10, 15 minutes, I can get a, a decent amount of, of vitamin D. Right. Um, so we synthesize it on our skin. Uh, if you live in a climate where it's sunny out, you have a greater chance of getting vitamin D from the sun. It's actually will stay with you longer. Uh, and it's like 30,000 I use. Yeah. Right, from which the is sun, a lot. Right? Which is a lot. Yeah. Um, now, the darker the skin somebody is, the more they have to stay right. out there. Like Sandra, she's darker skin. She's olive skin. She has to be out in the sun a little bit longer to, to uptake it. And and by being out in the sun, I'm talking out in the sun without without sunscreen. Right. Because right. sunscreen blocks it. Yeah. And, um, so we told people to do that. We told people to eat well. Um, we we really wanted to kind of get into that that frame of mind. Like, hey, take care of yourself. Get sleep. De-stress. Move. Yeah. Um, you know, try not to drink alcohol. Sure, Rob. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that was the thing with the pandemic was like, you know, um, you had government entities deciding who was essential and who wasn't. And mm-hmm. One of those essential people were were liquor stores, right? And mm-hmm. with with kind of the bullshit excuse of well, we didn't want to, um, yeah, what was overwhelm right. the ER with people with DTS, right? Right. Uh, 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 but we forget that the grocery stores were open and you can buy beer in grocery stores, you can buy wine in grocery stores, it's still alcohol, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was all about tax dollars. Of course. Right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, what was what was what is more essential than, than a gym, right? And keeping people healthy. Right. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. So we did what we could, yeah. right? You know, we, we did the best we could. We even went around and we had some signs printed up that said we love our CrossFit West Houston members and yep. put them in there. Yeah, I saw those. Those are awesome. And so, you know, that, that um, you know, really made people people feel part of the community still. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, that's that's what we did. And, and 
you know, we wanted to make things when we came back and this is what the Chronicle kind of covered was how we were addressing it. So what we did was we, we, uh, set up stations, we taped off boxes and we made sure they were more than six feet apart. Yep. Um, each station had some cleaning stuff and had some equipment. We started out with kettlebells because it was easy. Mm-hmm. We had enough to put at every station. And eventually we brought the barbell back in. Um, and then eventually uh, we you know, we did some cleaning and stuff like that. And then and CrossFit headquarters was... So we CrossFit headquarters went through a really strange period uh, during that when the founder kind of said some silly stuff i remember that kind of got canceled for it i remember that too uh (laughs) and then he ended up selling the 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 company to a a really good guy really Mm -hmm. i really like him eric um um rosa eric Mm -hmm. rosa Mm -hmm. uh really smart guy really uh really good guy Uh, glassman's kind of an Mm a-hole always has been yeah but you know that's just him and that's Mm -hmm. how he is so the the that the crossfit headquarters is way different now um but you know, they came out with, and we did this, uh, I guess, maybe four months after we had been open, was that uh, a CrossFit in Virginia discovered that airflow was kind of a thing. They had an airflow expert. And that, you know, that's when we started figuring out that carbon dioxide emissions and that it was it was really just like the moisture. Yeah. And the droplets, right? The droplets, yep. right? And so that comes with CO2 whenever we expire uh uh, breath it's co2 mm-hmm. right oxygen goes in co2 comes out mm-hmm. and so they came up with the idea that if you measured your co2 then you kind of tell if uh, if you were going to be kind of a super spreader kind of type right. of thing and um you know because there was some information coming out of south korea that gyms were sh- super spreaders and that like there was this you know zumba class and the instructor, there was 30 people in there, low ceilings and all this other stuff. And like, you know, three fourths of the people had COVID. Yeah. And well, that's, you know, well, it was yeah, combined space. Sure. Low ceilings, air conditioning. That can be said about anything. Yeah. You know, so we, we got these CO2 things and, and I, I figured we would, we would, we measured like being outside constantly. And I, and so it was like being outside and we had our, we had our, our, our share of people come through with COVID, not knowing it, and we had zero spread. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that we had these protocols, I think, helped. And, and you were recognized for it. Yeah. I mean, we were, it was, uh, I wish that it was like some sort of award. It really was. Well, no, but still, I mean, to be recognized in the local paper. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was good exposure for sure. And I know you guys um, were able to keep a lot of engagement, and that was awesome. Because, uh, you know, I know a lot of people from all over the country, you know, when they talk about it on different parts of social media or whatever, like, there's a... You know who Robert Frank is? I talk about him all the time. Yeah. Dude that did the Rage videos, he's awesome, right? Did you hear what happened to him, by the way? Mm-hmm. So he got a severe bout of ulcerative colitis, mm-hmm. and he, he, he was at 215... No, he's not on that chicken patty. He got out of the hospital after two months at 142. Oh, wow. So he's just been, his body's wrecked now. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a, like a bag and all this. And anyway, but before all that, he was like, you know, nothing out here, you know, on the East Coast that won't let us lift. This is ridiculous. I'm an alpha male. I have to be fed this, that, and the other, blah, 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 a bunch of beta cucks, this, that, you know. Yeah. And, um, but 
we're lucky to live where we live just that I think we probably went a lot faster than most, but, um, no, I just, I, I just wanted to bring that up cause I thought that was, that was admirable to be, uh, you know, for anyone to take the time, first of all, to do everything you all did and also just to keep it going. And now, you know, business as usual, normalcy trains back and, and hopefully that's the way it stays, especially in gyms and CrossFit boxes and all of that. Um, and then I, you know, speaking of the CrossFit and the nutrition and everything that you've been doing for the past, what, three decades almost. Um, I have to ask, so I have a few questions that people sent in that they definitely wanted to ask you, but real quick though, what is your take? Cause we've talked about boxing, the Logan Paul Mayweather fight. Did you watch it? I, I watched it after the fact I was guilty. They took my money. And I watched it live. Just give me your thoughts real quick. Uh, I think that uh, Floyd Mayweather is a financial genius. Absolutely. Uh, I think that you know he clearly has lost a step uh, or two. I mean, he's forty-four years old. Uh, you know, those Paul kids, Logan and, and Jake, they're they're tough kids. But it's a little bit. Uh, disingenuous to me as a fan of boxing that these jackasses can get you know ten million dollars yep. and get in the ring with probably the greatest boxer of our generation. Yep. And um, it's it's kind of bullshit. That was total bullshit. And and to be honest, neither if uh, if Logan Paul fought somebody in his weight decision and weight division, he would have got the shit kicked out exactly of him because his hands are low. He's doesn't punch that hard and uh Floyd Mayweather walked through his chair. He will well he walked him down every single yeah. round and he was outweighed by what 40 pounds, yeah. 3 feet, yeah, yeah. whatever. He's 18 years old younger and you know I, I remember watching it and I'm like this is just what it is. I had to realize this is not a boxing match. It's 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 a spectacle. It's fun. It's a freak show. It's it's what we wanted it to be kind of in a yeah, way. For sure. Um, but we all still wanted him to see him get his ass kicked. But I got to tell you, I, I never even knew about them, the Pauls, before this bullshit. They kept trying to come into the UFC and talk shit to Dana. And then they asked Dana and Dana's like, don't fucking ask me about that. If you do again, I don't want you in my press conference. Get out. But, you know, he fought Ben Askren. First of all, he was uber out of shape, just had back surgery. Yeah. He is not a boxer. He's no. never been a boxer. So that's like, that's like, that's like, uh, I, I don't even, it's just dumb. So, um. You know, I do want to see somebody kick the shit out of him, but I have to kind of be honest. I listened to Logan a little bit. He's not as bad as Jake. Oh yeah. yeah. He's kind of he's they're 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 smart. Yeah. They are to make their 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 sole purpose is to make money. Yeah. Don't listen to this. Oh, we care about boxing. That's bullshit. Yeah, they're they want you to either love them or hate them, yeah. and they know that you will pay either way. And Mayweather is the same. Yeah. He said it as much in the post-fight conference. He's like, you don't like what I just did? That's fine. This is legal bank robbery, what I just did. I got paid $100 million to do this, and it took zero effort. None. He, he didn't even spar. No. Um, but now you had Logan Paul. I mean, again, I don't like either of them very much, but at least Logan has a bit of a head on his shoulder. He's not so, like, thuggish, ruggish. And I just like, I just want to see... Uh, Tyrone Willie beat the shit out of Jake. I really yeah. hope that happens. Well, he's more of a striker. He is. So, and yeah. he was a boxer. Yeah. So we hope. Yeah. I, I, I mean, 
So Logan Paul was actually so they those guys are from like Cincinnati so they're Ohio boys. Um, was it your boys? <laughs> not my boys. Uh, <laughs> Logan Logan was actually a state champion wrestler. So yeah, he's a badass. I've seen badass he, he he was grappling and rolling with Paul Acosta. Mm-hmm. And that dude's a beast. Yeah. So now Jake, uh, you know, I will say I because I watched that I, I was super like, stoked to watch the Tyson. Roy Jones Jr. fight. Yeah, me too. I was a little. Uh, I wish Roy Jones Jr. would have came in a little bit in better shape. Me too. He was he was the he was a shell of his former self. I think uh, Tyson, Tyson was, looked pretty Tyson good. looked pretty good for for a 53, 54 year old guy. The guy scares me. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't get in the ring with him. No. Um, but you know, I watched that Jake Paul um, Nate Robinson fight, and you know the reality with that, that was, was dumb. Jake Paul is a better boxer and clearly had some better training. And Nate Robinson's problem was he just didn't have any. He's a basketball player. He was a basketball player, but you know he didn't have enough sparring experience. He had absolutely no concept of of uh, distance yeah. and timing. He yeah. just went flying in. Now the knockout was spectacular. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and that's what you paid. For. Yeah, and, and and it was a it was a pretty damn good strong overhand right that he hit him with mm-hmm. and, and dude's got and, skills I'm yeah not he's saying got he skills that, but you know he's got you know fight somebody right fight some yeah, fight, fight a boxer fight a boxer yeah. right like i think uh logan paul middle of the road uh you know light heavyweight would knock him out uh, it'll be interesting to see because the way this is going to go now logan paul was even calling out and this i had to say just stop it stop it dude he called out kamara uzman Okay, and anyone who's watching or listening and doesn't care about UFC or boxing, basically what you need to know is Kamaru Usman is an absolute killer. He's a champion in the UFC. He's got the record now, the most consecutive wins, I believe, of all time. He's a middleweight champion. I always get those mixed up. But anyway, he is a killer. This dude would completely just annihilate anybody he fought. I don't care if it was a boxing match or what have you, but... The reality is, is this what what people? It's interesting because it's like this whole, well, I'll fight any UFC box, any UFC fighter coming to my ring. Well, okay, why don't you go into a cage, then? Well, we can't because all we know is boxing. Okay, well, they know boxing and jujitsu and judo and this and that and wrestling and they're they're you're tying you're 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 fighting these guys with basically their feet and hands tied behind their back because they can't do everything they know. You put one of those guys in a cage, they're going to get absolutely wrecked, starched, flatlined, murdered. Just, it's not even a question, right? Um, so yeah, I had to get your thoughts on that because I know, I know you, are you still doing like some of that boxing workouts that you were doing in the gym? Yeah, I mean, I lost, uh, I, mean, I lost the guy that held mitts for me, but I, I found a, a new guy that kind of, we have a, we have a guy that yeah. uh, kind of took, Sandra just went back to advertising, so he, He's taking over some office stuff and does a lot of our facility stuff. So he's got a friend that like cool. uh, uh, is a Muay Thai instructor. So yeah. he comes and holds the mitts for me, and uh, and so it's it's fun. I I I do that as a um, you know when we when you do weights or any of those things, you're kind of standing in one place and you don't have to react to anything. Right. And as uh, someone that's you know getting a little long in the tooth so that's 53 I, you know i want to keep uh keep those things like i uh i i think it's hilarious when i 
one time when uh, my son was really young, uh, we were out to dinner and he knocked off his uh, sippy cup and I snatched it before it hit the ground. Like, like spice sense? Yeah, like, and so I, yeah, like I snatched it. Like that's just like hand speed built from boxing, yeah. right? And that, yeah. that reaction time. And, and um, you know, I, I want to keep those things up just as long as I can, just because it's, uh, it's a diminishing skill, but it's also a skill that, uh, you know, I mean, they use boxing as a, um, for people that have uh, Parkinson's, Yeah, they use boxing as really? a way to help people learn to kind of control their body a little bit more. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard that. That's actually really cool though. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So I, I, I can already tell, I, I could have you here all day. It, it's very clear. So we're definitely going to have to have you bring come back bring your knowledge because there's tons of things we've worked into so just so you know yeah. uh, um, but a couple questions that some people um, had sent to me that they wanted to ask and um, one of them this is something I think uh, you hear a lot I'm sure but does he know about women and women's bodies hormones etc and how you fight the mid 40s battle with weight also what alcohol is best to drink if you can even drink it without putting on the LBs? Uh, so, you know, women or men are different, for sure. Uh, you know, we, women carry, uh, because of childbirth, women carry more fat than men. Sure. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's absolutely for keeping the species going, right? Uh, so they are a little different. They act a little different. You know, men have more muscle mass. You hear this a lot from women is that, you know, my husband can just, you know, start on a diet and like he's down 10 pounds like that and it takes me forever. Mm-hmm. Well, there's reasons for that. Muscle mass is part of it. So um, usually when I when I talk to women, uh, what I see more often than not, and you've, you've kind of alluded to it, uh, one, they would prefer to do cardio. Uh, and that is, I mean, you are going, you know, that's really good for your, your heart health and your respiratory health. Uh, it's good for some calorie burning. Um, not necessarily the greatest for like your metabolism. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I encourage women to, to actually look for some strength training and, and, you know, I understand it can be intimidating, uh, but you know, it really is, really is very beneficial and, 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 you know, sometimes just kind of, I'd like to see people get more introduced to it in a, in a better way. Yeah. Right. Um, and then another thing that I, I, I see with women a lot and it's their struggles. Uh, they, they particularly don't get enough protein. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of fear around protein. Uh, you know, we have demonized every macronutrient yeah. over, over time. Uh, but you know, there is, so the daily, the DRIs, which are like the kind of daily requirement index, um, you know, from the government of my plate, which is, uh, don't get me started on that, but um, it talks <laughs> about uh, protein, you know, it's really very, very, very mild protein. And that, and what people have to understand about dietary uh, requirements is that's, that's kind of the minimum. It's for the average person. Yeah. And, uh, it's just enough to kind of keep things going. And, and protein is really involved in lots of stuff. It's involved in your immune system. It's involved in uh, tissue building. Uh, it's uh, involved in DNA replication. I mean, all kinds of stuff, right? So um, it is a really 
an important micronutrient um, and it's essential yeah. because we cannot make it more or at least make it in enough uh, I mean we can make amino acids which is really what proteins are is just a collection of amino acids and there's essential ones that we can only get through diet right um, and the reason why they're essential is because we either can't make it at all or we don't make it enough to keep up with um, all the different things we're, we're constantly turning protein over and so, because it's used in so many things, mm-hmm. and, uh, and what my experience is that women uh, typically probably don't get enough. And when, when we see them uptake their protein, mm-hmm. uh, then they start to see things uh, change a little bit. Because uh, as we've talked about, muscle's expensive, protein's expensive. Um, it is harder to break down protein than it is carbohydrates and fats. Right. Uh, so, you know, from a total total daily energy expenditure thing, you're going to up that just a little bit. It's a thermic effect of food. And if you're if you are a drinker, can you drink? And if so, I, I mean I've heard yeah. If yeah. so, what should what should they drink? Well, I mean here's the thing. Uh, I'm not that huge of a drinker anymore. I you know like I said I've kind of changed things. I, and what I for me it's it's just it's just not worth it. Right. You know I don't I don't get that that big of a charge out of it mm-hmm. anymore um but you know the problem with alcohol is uh it's energy right we it's still energy we're gonna take it in as energy mm-hmm. uh but it also affects body processes mm-hmm. um and like your liver is gonna have to work a little bit harder to metabolize that mm-hmm. uh so it also so your fat burning your fat is also metabolized in the liver mm-hmm. so it's gonna make that more difficult um we also, like I talked about, the proteins turn over and over all the time. So we, we have protein muscle breakdown, and then we also have protein synthesis. Mm-hmm. So what we want is a little more protein synthesis versus a breakdown. Uh, so alcohol will interfere with protein synthesis. Right. Uh, so now we're not at that effective at turning over pro- uh, protein. So it's, it's just a difficult thing. Uh, what I would say is I understand that people want to have alcohol. Um, and you know, if it gives you joy, you should probably have it, mm-hmm. um, you know, monitor your amounts. Yeah. You just, you have to, and then you also can't, you can't double down on things. Right. right. So, you know, you've got, to, it, you know, really a lot of times eating is just a, it's a financial budget. Yep. So, you know, you're going to have to take away from something if you're going to add that, right? right? You, you can't, you know, you, you're only allotted a certain budget and you've got to work within that. Otherwise... You're going to find yourself over budget and over budget when it comes to energy mm-hmm. means you're going to gain weight. Yeah. Right. Under budget means you're going to lose weight. Yeah. Right. So you, you want to try to be more under budget. So you're going to, so you either have to kind of take it away from carbohydrates right. or take it away from fat. One of the two. So it's not so much. Do you drink or not? It's if you decide to drink cool. Cause everybody, a lot of people do, and you can still drink and do what you want to do fitness-wise, it may impair some of your results, but that's a decision you make that you put in your budget, right? Mm -hmm. But if somebody's like, oh, well, I love to drink beer or I love to drink wine or I, I, you know, like hard liquor, like is it better off to, if you're in that stage, you know, okay, drink your, 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 your vodkas, your bourbons, your clean stuff without all the mixture nonsense is better than drinking, you know, a beer or a daiquiri or wine that has more sugar essentially it's like okay yeah you're still drinking alcohol or is it just like if you're gonna do it 
just keep moderation in mind if that's where you're at. Yeah, I mean, moderation is one. Certainly your mixers are another, right? I mean, like the, the mixers from like, say, uh, you know, margarita mixes are going to typically be more sugary, yeah. right? So you're talking added calories, yeah. uh, added uh, non-essential car- yeah. calories, right? You don't yeah. really need them. Right. Um, so, you know, you just kind of have to, to watch, you know, you're probably a little better off drinking something straight, uh, you know, on, on the rocks than mixing it with something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can't, I just can't in good conscience say, just go for it, just drink it, drink well, yeah, all I mean, you want, right? You can't I mean, I say just can't, that. I don't, I don't, I don't, off the I, don't I don't really want to say that, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I understand it, Yeah. but you, you also have to understand the consequences of it, yeah. right? And the consequences are additional calories, mm-hmm. um, processes not processing very well, yep. just while you're trying to process that. Yep. Uh, and that, uh, you know, let's face it, alcohol leads to bad decisions, right? I mean, it just really does. I wouldn't know anything about that, Rob. Um, <laughs> From food choices to, uh, you know. I, again, wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, okay, uh, true or false, um, dieting involves, I'm sorry, dieting emphasizes aesthetics, training is for performance. Uh, I'd say it's actually false because the, the both are part of it, mm-hmm. right? So um, they're both true and false, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, training, you train for performance, but you can also train for aesthetics. You uh, can uh, eat for performance and you can eat for aesthetics, right? So those two things are, are uh, both important, okay. right? So it's not true or false, it's both. Yeah, that's a trick one. Uh, the other one... Um, is there any way to get lean without being a hungry asshole or bit if you're a man if you're a woman? Uh, man. I know that's a loaded question, yeah. and I know it depends. But get, getting lean is gonna is not gonna come without some amount of hunger. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's like it's you're gonna have to come with some hunger, and and a lot of that is you. Also, I mean, you have to realize we're evolutionary beings, and our you know. Things like fitness and being jacked and all that—it's uh, not important to evolution, right? right. Uh, it doesn't care, right? It doesn't care. Propagating the species is what what it cares about. You just need to be fit enough to to keep keep the species going. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't care what you look like. Um, but you know, throughout our our history, human history, we've gone through famine and feast and famine and feast and famine, sometimes seasonally, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so we, our bodies are built that way. Um, and it's such a complex thing right now because we have hyper palatable food, you know, mm-hmm. um, prior to this year, you know, the 20th century, uh, you didn't have an abundance of salt, fat, and sugar. Yeah. And now it's in everything. And those things have proven to be very taste, tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, food science has gotten very good at, learning what people's tastes are so that they buy more just like you said the drug you know it's the same thing it's like if i put all this in all this food people are going to eat more of my product it's all about money so no it makes total sense okay um people lose weight from head to toe this way not spot reduction in other words like dudes like when you like the the muffin top or the or the when you're gaining a belly or you you know 
that lower ab fat that every dude doesn't want or some people don't care but you know that it's always uh it's always the first to show and the last to go true or false that's, that's pretty true right I, well we all carry fat in our own way but if i just do a thousand sit-ups dude it'll go away right <laughs> no you're gonna probably have lower back issues is what you're gonna have yeah it's uh, just gonna suck for an hour yeah but um no you can't like there is some spot reduction because they're, they're so, uh, you know, it's all about innervating, right? So there, there are some fat cells in certain areas that have some, some nerves. So mm-hmm. there is a little bit of stimulation there, but mm-hmm. not much. Uh, so, the, you know, the problem is we carry it, men tend to carry it in our, in our bellies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then around our chest, mm-hmm. right? The bitch tits. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, women tend to carry around their thighs, their hips, uh, and their, and their breasts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one of my favorite things is, well, I want to lose weight, but I want to lose it in my breasts. Well, yeah. Well, it's going to happen. Just get yeah, implants then. <laughs> yeah. That comes with other problems. <laughs> and then there's yeah. dudes that get pec implants. I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a component of that. Or, yeah, I've uh, seen that. I've but seen that. It's terrible. So, I've actually seen that in the wild. Oh my God. I don't, you're going to have to tell me about that some other time. That's um, it's unbelievable. And it's very, very. And calf implants, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Come on, stop that. Yeah. It's not okay. Um, okay. Speaking of from a woman's perspective, I know Tracy, these are very valuable questions that she had a few. So, T, fire away. What were some of those questions that you wanted to ask? From a woman's perspective, I think that's very important. How much vitamin D do you actually take, even if you do go out in the sun? Well, you know. Some of that kind of depends on your status, right? So, um, you know, there's ways to do some kind of micronutrient testing to figure out where you're at, and it kind of depends. But for the most part, kind of five to ten thousand is a good place for people to start. Um, and you know, my recommendation to people uh, a lot is, uh, you know, if you can get out, get out in the sun. Uh, if you can't, then supplements are fine. Um, we do get a little bit from food, but for the most part, actually supplementation is a little bit better. It is a fat soluble diet, uh, vitamin, which means you do have to kind of, if you are going to take it in supplement form, it has to come with some fat or else you won't uptake it. Um, and the other thing about it is since it is a fat soluble vitamin, you can get into toxic levels of it, which is why kind of knowing your status is really important. Uh, so like, there's ways to, you know, when you go to a doctor, you will typically get a vitamin D. Um, so, you know, if you're in those low, and they, they, they will probably say supplement. And supplementation of vitamin D is uh, just as valuable as the sun. Sun's an easier, cheaper way to do it. Yeah. What um, are your recommendations nutritionally or uh, exercise for people that are dealing with low energy, foggy brain type of feelings, especially as you get older? Yeah, um, that, you know, some of that kind of depends on, uh, depends on what the issue is. Uh, some of that comes from, I think, I think Matt was saying something about, uh, this is kind of centered around a Hashimoto's kind of deal or just in general. Um, in general, but also if you want to talk about Hashimoto's and the complexities that that adds to it. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times it's maybe, you know, Hashimoto's is a, is a um, autoimmune uh, condition where your immune system kind of starts to attack your thyroid. And thyroid, 
kind of regulates your metabolism. And so uh, there's hypo and hyper. Hyper are people that can't gain, they can't gain weight, right? Super, so, so their thyroid's working very fast. Uh, and so they have high metabolisms. Hypo would be low, uh, low um, functioning thyroid. So that's where the fatigue will come from. That's where weight gain will come from uh, because it's, it's not, it's functioning very slowly. So, you know, more often than not, a doctor is going to probably put people on some sort of thyroid medicine for that. And, and, but there, there are some nutrition, uh, aspects around that. So in general, um, since it is an autoimmune disease, uh, there are inflammation markers, right? So people that have Hashimoto's will tend to have C-react, a high C-reactive protein in their blood work because uh, that's an inflammation marker. Uh, so like doing low inflammation foods, um, you know, a lot of times there's gluten sensitivities for people. Uh, the other thing about kind of thyroid is um, it's affected by iodine. Now, iodine is not something we see in excess in this country, but some countries there is iodine. But like you get that from uh, seafood and, and cruciferous vegetables like cabbage. Um, so you kind of have to kind of monitor some of those things. So uh, cooking some of the cruciferous vegetables helps with some of that uh, because it'll... Uh, take out some of those issues and make it a little bit more bioavailable for people. And then there are um, things like nightshades. There's a lot of controversy around nightshades and those are things like potatoes, tomatoes, uh, peppers, onions. Um, some people can take those out and see no difference. Some people can take those out and see differences. Uh, there's also uh, gluten types of things. So anything with gluten in it is uh, typically a pro-inflammatory type of food. Uh, so people that are dealing with some of these things probably should kind of take a look at that, maybe go a little more uh, gluten-free and they'll see a little bit, maybe some, maybe a little easing of some of those symptoms, right? So as far as general fatigue and, um, and nutrition, you know, I'm a big proponent, as Matt knows this. Uh, so, you know, over the last couple of years with in nutrition, macronutrients have taken a very big role and, and they are the big rocks, right? Protein, fat, carbohydrates. We obviously they're essential. Obviously we need those, um, but there are micronutrients and that's the vitamins and minerals. And we get those from food and um, every food's different and gives us a little bit different micronutrient profile. And all those micronutrients are involved in all the processes that our body takes. And if we, if we are low in some and higher in others, then we're getting too much of one, not enough of the other, and it's going to affect how we process things. And so um, I'm a big proponent of food diversity, um, especially when it comes to vitamins and, oh, I'm sorry, uh, fruits and vegetables getting a wide range of color like it's like roy it's roy bjiv right so red orange yellow green blue indigo violet indigo and violet 
but indigos in blue are kind of like your choices like blueberries <laughs> you yeah. know that's kind of your choice yeah um uh you know uh, the eggplant. yeah eggplant um violets a li- little bit more choices it's easy to get green it's easy to get red uh, a little bit harder to get yellow but you know all those you want to try to get those at daily if you can um just different because it, it provides a different micronutrient profile um, but we also forget about rotating our proteins our grains because uh, you you know what we find a lot you know we get more allergic to things that we are most exposed to same things happens with food yeah. so if you are constantly eating the same thing over and over and over again while easy uh potentially can kind of make some gut problems happen in the gut the gut is i think you're seeing you hear a lot about like gut microbiome mm-hmm. right yeah. um so this this thing this uh, this possibly going to blow people's minds but um because i know it blew mine mm-hmm. was that when you think about your gut uh and you think about your digestive tract it is basically this tube while it's encased in your body, it is, it's, it's outside of your body, right? Everything that happens in there is outside of your body uh, because it's its own little ecosystem. So in your mouth, you have uh, saliva that has some bacteria that helps break certain things down. For instance, carbohydrates start digestion in your mouth because you have amylase and some uh, other uh, enzymes in your mouth that start to break it down in your mouth. And then it finishes in, it doesn't do anything in your stomach, and then it finishes in your in your intestines, your small intestines. Mm-hmm. Protein, on the other hand, doesn't start digestion until it gets to your stomach, and then it finishes in the <laughs> small intestine. So that is a tube that is outside your body. It is outside of your control, and it's full of bacteria, good and bad. And we want more good than bad. So we have to feed that. Mm-hmm. Right, so you've heard of probiotics and maybe heard of prebiotics, and so that's where those things come into play. Prebiotics feed the probiotic bacteria that help it flourish. Right, when we have things like uh, antibiotics, good thing helped us out, you know, keeps us from dying, but it also is a nuclear bomb to your gut. Right, it's going to kill everything. Um, my wife and I had this debate one time. She was on some antibiotics, and she was like, yeah, the doctor told me to take probiotics with the antibiotics. I'm like, well, that's kind of silly. She was like, why? I'm like, because you're trying to build the bridge while the bombings happen, right? <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? And she was like, the doctor said to do that. I said, I know the doctor said to do that. But I said, you know, you're going to take that probiotic, and the antibiotics are going to come in and just wipe it out, right? So I'm like, take the antibiotics, then do the probiotics. Like, replace, Right? That's it's going to be a better thing. So, you're like, oh, but the doctor said, and I said, well, that's because the pharmaceutical rep told him to do that, right? But uh, I'm like, that's, you know, we, we should have good bacteria. Um, so, the things we feed it helps it flourish. And I think you'll find um, over the next probably couple of decades that the gut biome is, uh, we're starting to kind of understand it more and more and more. And that the more we understand it, the more it really affects our our daily life, even from anxiety to depression to um, uh, some 
disorders, right? Like autoimmune disorders and things yeah. like that because our, our gut's that important to us. And so then you start to get into the, are we here for our gut biome or are they here for us? Yeah. Well, I don't think or is it a us. symbiotic relationship, right? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Keto has been a huge in the news lately, but it seems to work for some people and not for others. Why? Well, um, so ketosis is a, it is a literally an evolutionary um, check and balance, right? So um, it was meant for famine. Uh, lots of things happen when you get into ketosis. You, you don't get hungry, right? Because it doesn't do anybody any good if they can't get food to be hungry. So the hunger goes away. Um, what I would probably say why it doesn't work for everybody is that while we're all the same, we're all very different. And some people's body chemistry is different and they react to things differently. And that's, that's honestly why there's such crazy debates about nutrition is mm -hmm. that this worked for me, it doesn't work for me, or it doesn't work for you. Uh, this is the greatest thing ever, you should do this. No, that's terrible, it didn't work for me. This is the greatest thing ever. And that's why we have all this because people are so different. And what I would, about what I've come to is ag agnostic about diet, like whatever works for somebody and can, they can sustain it. That's what they should do. If they, if it keto, if, uh, the keto diet works for somebody and they can sustain it, great. Um, but I, what I would think about some people that maybe it didn't work well for them is that they potentially were not in ketosis at all. And so it wasn't doing what it's being to be. being ketogenic would would do. Um, and there's just like anything, you know, there's lazy keto, <laughs> and then there's like baked ketos, and there, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, well, we bastardize it, and then uh, people try to do it and say, oh, "Well, I'm doing keto." Uh, that was my favorite one. Somebody told me, yeah, "I'm doing a lazy keto." I'm like, well, then you're not probably in ketosis, right? <laughs> I mean, you're just you're eating keto foods is what you're doing, but you're probably not getting into ketosis and it may or may not work for you. Uh, you know, the, the reality, um, and this is what kind of, and this is also pretty kind of controversial. There's this notion of calories in calories out and it's been demonized, but, but really the evidence is very clear that, that, you know, calories in versus calories out is, is really how we lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. You're, it's energy balance. It comes down to energy balance. Um, I'm not completely convinced that that works for everybody um, because we are so different. But, you know, when somebody does do keto, that calorie in, calorie out still matters, right? So they still have to kind of get into a calorie deficit if they're going to lose weight because it's just how things work. Energy balance. And then for all the women out there, can you actually use lose cellulite? Well, I mean, you can. Uh, you know, it is, you know, it comes down to kind of that. It, it, more often than not, it's going to kind of reduce, right? It's just where, where women hold it, you know, and that makes it hard. I think you see some guys with some cellulite too. Just it's, uh, you know, the when you get yourself into a little bit of a calorie deficit and you um, do some weight training and stuff like that, it'll, it'll minimize for sure. It may not ever go completely away. It's how women hold weight. 
It's similar to most autoimmune system uh, diseases kind of come down to similar things like the Hashimoto's, right? It's the uh, um, inflammatory foods are, are kind of flare it a lot. Um, you will see people, if they reduce some of those inflammatory foods, then they'll, the severity of it goes down, if not away, for a lot of people. Um, it is, and it's, that's for men and women, you know, we, it, autoimmune, anytime, anytime you apply the term autoimmune, um, look at, you want to look at your nutrition and see things that are inflammatory. Alcohol is inflammatory. Sugar can be inflammatory. Some dairy can be inflammatory. Uh, gluten can be inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those things are, you, you know, I'll, Elimination diets are are controversial. Um, like things like the whole food or whole thirty is a controversial for some people. Like I, I, um, I actually know Melissa uh, Urban. She's now remarried, but she was heart weight for the longest time. They've been to our gym, and um, the how I think people approach a whole thirty is not how it should be. Because uh, they approach it as like this thirty-day, uh, you know, drastic diet, and that's not mm-hmm. really what it is. What mm-hmm. it should be is a science experiment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take these foods that have been shown to be somewhat inflammatory to people. I'm going to take them out for thirty days to see what effects happen. Um, but how people mostly do it is, I am going to go. I'm doing this whole thirty. I am going to go blow it out the night before because I'm going to be restricted for the next 30 days. And guess what? On day 31, I'm going to blow that shit out again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's exactly how they do it. Or my other favorite thing is, oh, I'm doing really good on the whole 30. I've only cheated once. Well, guess what? You have to start over. Yep. Right? Because yeah, yeah, it's not a whole 30 then. So, it, you know, the, I think if, if people would approach it from a science experiment of I'm going to take these things that I think to be or that have shown to be, in some people, inflammatory. If I take these things out for the next 30 days, and then I scientifically put them back in, and by scientifically, I maybe day 31, maybe day 32, maybe even day 33, I introduce one thing. I introduce bread, or I introduce gluten types of things. And then I wait a day, and I see what happens, right? Um, or And then I wait a couple days, and then I put sugar in and see what happens and you reintroduce it one at a time so you can see does that thing affect me and if it does then I make the decision an informed decision do I want to put it in is it worth it for me to put it in or not and then you make that decision and you know I've heard people that kind of take those approaches they their uh, autoimmune uh symptoms go down if not away mm-hmm. um you know again it kind of comes down to you know how we do things for a very long time uh can present problems uh, that doesn't mean that if we eliminate all those things we don't start having other problems and that's where food diversity comes into right mm-hmm. and so you know you want to and by food diversity, I don't mean uh, I'm going to go have McDonald's today and Chick-fil-A tomorrow and all this other stuff. Like, that, that is not food diverse, diver, diversity, <laughs> right? That is just uh, um, the same thing, just prepared different ways. So. That's, That's it. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we had a couple of good questions. I mean, 
like I said, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, depending on where they're at and what they know or what they don't know, have different questions about different things. But um, yeah, I just figured, dude, if you're here, then I might as well pick your brain. But clearly, dude, I could sit here and, you know, we could get into microchasms of all the different things we've talked about. And that's another podcast and then another and then another and then another. And uh, but that's what brought me up to, you know, it's interesting, like when you're working out, like when we were in class, like the different things that you think about and talk about between sets or like, you know, whatever, like, hey, dude, did you see that movie? Or are you watching this show? Or what if this and what if that? And because there is a lot of bro science that goes on in the gym or just all the time, man. I mean, bro science happens all the time. Um, so I had, uh, you know, a list of things that, so I'm going to start doing something called the bro science speed round. Mm -hmm. And you're the first one. So we're going to see how this goes. And this, they, this could be the end of it. This right. could be the very well the end of it, dude. Like yeah. this was great, but don't do that again. Um, when working out Metallica or Rage Against the Machine. Rage. Which song? Okay, Know Your Enemy or Renegades of Funk? Uh, know Your Enemy. Know Your Enemy or Killing in the Name of? Killing in the Name of. What's the best Metallica album? Is it... Owl, is it in Justice for All? Masters of Puppets? Justice for All. For me. Wow. We might have to... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, best, album, best song on the album of and Justice for All for you? Uh, one. One. Um, okay, that's good. All right. In a fight, who wins? Han Solo or Nina Jones? Han Solo because he's got the phaser. Okay, but Indiana Jones kicks ass. So, like, he's always beating the shit out of everybody who's big. So you're going with Han Solo. Okay. Because of the phaser. I mean, it's a game changer. Okay. He's a smuggler. Intergalactic. I get it. Okay. Rocky 3 or Rocky 4? Rocky 4. He won the Cold War. <laughs> Yvonne Drago, Clever Lang. Who, who wins? Draw? You can't say that. <laughs> Drago, he's got reach. Okay. Uh, Creed or Clever? Creed. We all know what happened with Creed and Yvonne. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't go didn't, well. Didn't go very well. Okay. Um, endurance training or strength training? Strength. Right, can, I, can I take a step back? Clever Lang still is the best fight name ever. Clever Lang. But go uh, for Okay. Because he live alone. He trains alone. Right. He'll win the title alone. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Best training montage. Or best training uh, sequence. End of Rocky 3 or end of Rocky 4? Uh, so you've got either dudes jumping in the ocean or you've got a dude climbing a mountain and yelling out Drago. Uh, man, uh, so I think I have a special place in my heart for Rocky IV. Um, I do too. And, uh, but what I will say about that is the training modalities would have been switched, right? Right. I mean, Drago would have not had all the, the fancy equipment. I mean, steroids, yes. yes. Fancy equipment, no. He would have been doing all the shit that Rocky was doing. Rocky would have been doing the right. other shit. Rocky was loaded at that point. Yeah. That's before he lost all his money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, okay. This is just to test your Rocky knowledge because I know you love Rocky like I do. So, what is the single most dominant round Rocky ever had in any of the Rocky fights? In any of the Rocky movies? Go. 
probably the round where he knocked Clubber out. Really? Yeah. So you think the third round of the third Rocky is more dominant than the one of the first round where he doesn't get hit once? Maybe twice. Yeah, because he because he knocked him in. He knocked he took him down, all, right? He I mean, took it all, and then he. Uh, yeah, I mean, Clubber was like, you know, Clubber was uh, Clubber was the Mike Tyson of, of that time, right? And it was a it was a, and it was the shortest fight in Rocky history. Yeah, period. For sure, right? And so I, I I just just to stop for a second, I can't decide sometimes which I like better as the end fight, Rocky three, Rocky four. It's hard. It's really difficult. But okay, so Creed. So okay. Drago over Clubber, Creed over Clubber, strength training over endurance training, airbike Tabata or being drowned in a vat of acid? Which would I prefer? That's a tough question. Uh, maybe drowning in a pool of acid. <laughs> I feel like I might survive that. Tabata, assault bike, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Emoms or AMRAPs? Imam. How many acronyms in the fitness slash training and f- fitness industry and nutrition industry do you think you know? A good amount of them. Uh, over or under 50? Uh, over 50. C- could you have a whole conversation with somebody else at your level with just acronyms and no words? Probably, yeah. Do you think you could train somebody in only speaking in Yoda in reverse? <laughs> uh, maybe not that, but maybe movie lines. Okay, movie lines. Okay. Ohio State or Michigan? Ohio State, hands down. I don't know why you would say that. Screw Michigan. Stevie or Jimmy? This is... Be careful. Stevie. Really? Mm-hmm. I like to hear that. Mm-hmm. Why do you say that? You're talking Stevie Ray Vaughan versus Jimmy Page or Jimmy Hendrix? No, Jimmy um, Hendrix. Uh, man, I just... Uh, I liked Stevie Ray sound better. Thank you. No, if you'll see in the past, Daniel Ebbs, I know you're watching this, dude. That's another boy for Stevie. Okay? Yeah, just just so you know. In the comments, we're going to leave. Y'all leave the comments. I want to know what y'all think, too, about all these things. UFOs, yes or no? Yes. Hmm. It is a, Good. Vast, it's I agree. a vast universe. There's got to be other more. Well, unless we're in a simulation, which is very possible. Oh, boy. That's another, <laughs> that's another podcast. And I can't, even though you're my coach, I can't, comp- I, I really can't confidently say I have to do that sober. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Uh, there was one other one I had. Um, ah, deadlifts or squats? For me, deadlifts. I hate squatting. Okay. I do it, but I hate it. Okay. Uh, it's so hard. Kettlebells or dumbbells? Kettlebells. I'm a kettlebell dude. So, barbells or kettlebells? Kettlebells. Okay. Kettlebell. I mean, I like barbells, but kettlebells is just I had near and dear to my heart. Uh, working in the, out in the heat or in the cold? Heat, because uh, when you get older, it sucks to be cold. Yeah, and it hurts. It hurts I can't breathe in the cold. It hurts a lot more. I can't. I can't yeah. do it. Um, okay. The only other thing I had to ask was, all right, when it comes to Carbs. Carbs? Carbs. Carbs. Uh-huh. You have to choose one. Pasta or pizza? Pizza. Pepperoni or cheese? Or both? Both. 
Thin or deep? Thin or deep? Both. New York or Chicago? Uh, Chicago. Hmm. All right, dude. I could do this all afternoon, but um. Anyway, let I want everyone to know where can anyone reach you? Where can they go to get a hold of you about uh, Power Athlete, CrossFit? Where can they go? So many things. Uh, so Instagram, I am PT Rob one nine six seven. So you can follow me there, and I do put out uh, some nutrition advice and stupid workouts that I've done. Mm. Um, and then, uh, so Power Athlete, it's Rob X Line at powerathletehq.com, and then uh, for CrossFit West Houston, it's Rob at crossfitwesthouston.com. And CrossFit West Houston, they have obviously the website. They can go uh, and check that out. Um, I also have articles on powerathlete.com. Or, yeah, powerathlete.com. And where can anybody watch the uh, Power Athlete podcast? Uh, YouTube. YouTube. And you can, you, they're on, it's on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, it depends on how you listen to podcasts. So. All right, dude. Thank you so yeah. much for coming. Yeah, I had a blast. Fun. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's fun. Look forward to having you on again because uh, clearly these are subjects that we can get in and get out of easily. So, yeah. all right. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Mm-hmm.